listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before others in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Leslie, for reading our gospel passage today. I'd like to take just a couple of minutes and kind of take some pastoral privilege here and say something about um, why we do what we do in terms of Sunday morning. Like when you come in to when you leave, there's a a rhyme and reason to what we practice and how we do it. And I, I just want to be kind of maybe a little more explicit today about why that's the case. So depending on when you get here, if you get here for uh, breakfast, you see this, we'll have the doors shut. There's signs on there saying we're kind of rehearsing, we're getting ready. But there's something about those doors being shut and those doors then being opened. Because our Sunday morning services kind of fall into four major segments or movements. There's an entrance, there's the word, there's the table, and there's an exit. So the entrance is to sing to, to hear some scripture, to pray a prayer, and to um, kind of sing some songs. Then we move from that kind of song service and scripture and prayer to what's traditionally called the delivery of the word. Someone comes and they preach a sermon. That's the second section. So we move from the entrance, singing, praying, hearing scripture, to the second section, which is the sermon. Someone gets up and talks, like I'm doing now, I'm getting ready to do. And then we move from that to the table. And so we come to the table to kind of receive uh, forgiveness and mercy and grace. And then that session, that kind of opens up into other forms of giving and receiving. So we come to the table, but then we also kind of give of our resources. So the offering kind of takes place there. And then, I love this part, what we sometimes call the meet and greet, or other churches might call the exchanging of grace and peace, we greet one another. I mean, part of that is just saying, hello, how are you? It's good to see you. I hope you had a good week. But it's more than that. It kind of says that 
we're at peace with one another. And we are all at peace with God. And then comes the benediction. And the benediction is not simply just a dismissal. I mean, it is, it is such. But it's also a commissioning. It's sending us out back into the world. So um, you might notice now all the doors are shut. Like, I don't mean to scare you. We're not locking the doors. <laughs> but the doors were opened for you to come in. And now the doors are shut because this is a safe sanctuary. This is the place where you can come and confess your sins and be forgiven of your sins. This is a place where you can come and sing and worship to God, where you can learn, where you can receive the the body and blood of Christ. And you can then exchange that grace and peace with one another. But that, of course, is not the end of the story. Our purpose of gathering here is not just to gather here, but to having gathered here that we might take that grace and peace, that we might take that forgiveness and that uh, patience and that kindness and carry it with us out into the world, to our families, to our neighborhoods, to our friends, to our coworkers, or our fellow students if we're in school, or wherever that might be. And so we do this kind of week after week after week. And hopefully, maybe even more so if we can all be mindful of it, it will shape us in such a way that we become those people. Those people of salt and those people of light. I love this passage of scripture. Jesus says that we are to be salt. And what good is salt if it's lost its saltiness? It doesn't, it doesn't have uh, flavor. So in the ancient world, of course, or maybe not so ancient world, uh, just 100, 150 years ago or so, salt was also used as a preservative. Like I grew up, as you know, in the Appalachian Mountains, and one of the towns close by was Saltville, or as we said, Saltville. So uh, in Saltville, there were salt mines, and they were actually quite important. Um, it was one of the major sources of salt for, that, for the whole mid-Atlantic. And you couldn't really live uh, without salt. There's a really fascinating book, actually. It's actually titled Salt. And the author kind of tells the story of human history through salt and how it was developed and how, it was, how the development of it, uh, the use of it, was used. Uh, it's really fascinating. But... This passage doesn't seem to be speaking about that, about kind of just preservation. It seems to be talking more about kind of the spice of life, like its flavor, so that that's who we are to be. We are to kind of give life a certain spice. I'm afraid sometimes, though, that Christians haven't had the best reputation of making life kind of salty, or maybe a little salty, like... But not like, like, like positively, you know, in terms of, in terms of flavor. Uh, we might uh, maybe be more like, a, I don't know, like a really hot Tabasco or something. Which you can also appreciate at times. But the, the Apostle Paul will tell us in, in Corinthians, he says, look, when you're trying to work out about how you live in the world and what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, 
He says this. He says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, giving no offense to the Jew, to the Greek, or to the church of God. I just love that about Paul. Now, I know he had a reputation of sometimes being a little salty. But when he was asked, what, how do we live as Christians in a predominantly non-Christian world? He wrote this beautiful essay in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. And he ends it with that statement. Look, we can work out how we live. But mostly we're trying to accommodate others so that they too might be able to hear the good news of Jesus. There are some things that we don't accommodate. Um, On that list, uh, he did list uh, sexual immorality, although he didn't really tell us what he thought that meant. He also listed grumbling. Like he only listed a couple of things, and grumbling made the list. That's kind of a shocker. So uh, if if you have um, the tendency to be a Debbie Downer, uh, no... No, um, no intention against those named Deborah. Deborah, if you're in here, she just led us in worship. Oh, hey, sorry about that. Um, yeah, that that there's a way there's a way of being in the world where you know the half is glass full, and even if you naturally see the world as the half glass empty, maybe it's sometimes best to see it the other way. Um, to, to be in the world and, and not, not be one who's kind of tearing things down, or at least not all the time. So Paul tells, or, or excuse me, Jesus tells us other things, right? Be salt and be light. Now I sang uh, a lettuce and singing last week. If you weren't here, man, you missed it. Uh, it was great. People have been raving about it all week long. Not really. But uh, we could do that again. In fact, maybe we should have kept the children in here for this one. Like, we used to sing a, a song when I was a kid about this, this little light of mine. Do you know that one? Yeah, you got it? <laughs> this little light of mine. Come on, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. You got to hold up your finger. I'm going to let it shine. There you go. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Here's the kid's favorite part. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Thank you for coming to Oasis Congregation Choir practice. (laughs) This is our second week. If you keep coming, I'll take you on the road. So this idea of light is, is of course, a major theme in this Christian season of Epiphany. An Epiphany is like an aha moment. A light's coming on. And that's exactly what God has done for us. God is the light shown on our lives to show us who we truly are, which is why we spent the whole of January talking about personal awareness. It's why we're wearing name tags. This isn't something that we do all the time. It's something that we're doing just during this season because we've titled it Know and Be Known, right? 
It's important to know who God is, but it might be more important for you to realize that you are known, that God knows your name. Like I know Michael Jordan. I mean, you might not have known that. That it is, I guess, important to the to the sentence though that Michael Jordan does not know me. <laughs> yeah, I know all sorts of famous people, but the fact that we know who they are may not be as impressive as the fact that they know who we are. But that's the beauty about this thing called Christianity. It's not just that we know God. It's that God knows us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And for a lot of you, God likes you better than you like yourself. And what God says of you, what God thinks of you, is what is true. And that can't be changed. You, you can't kind of reduce uh, who you are in God's sight. God's never had a negative thought about you. He loves you. He created you. He sent his son to die for you. What else does he have to do for you? I guess a bit more. <laughs> Come on. Tell me again. Tell me you love me. So this uh, city on a hill, it's an interesting metaphor I mean, Jesus, as he was walking around Galilee, for those of you who've been, Galilee kind of sits down in a little basin. So if you're down by the, the lake shore, pretty much every direction you look around, you're looking uphill. And most of the towns, the little villages, were quite small, and they just hugged the lake. But there was one on kind of the western side that was up on the hill that as you would go up and down into the rest of Galilee. And so I'm sure when he said that, there were some of the folks around who thought, oh yeah, we can always see the city up on the hill when it's lit up at night from, from any distance. But maybe uh, there might be a bigger metaphor because uh, the story moves towards Jerusalem and the, the pilgrimages that annually happen are the people kind of going to Jerusalem and the way Jerusalem is situated geographically, no matter what direction you come towards Jerusalem, you're going uphill. There's a whole collection of the Psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. Psalms that would be read or sung as people go up to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is kind of the quintessential city on a hill. But now Jesus is just walking around in Galilee telling these people, that they are to be salt and they are to be light and that they are to be the city on the hill. Well, how can we be Jerusalem? Right? We can carry the light of God wherever we go. It says, as I was talking about earlier, the benediction is a good word, but it's more than that. It's also a commissioning to kind of send us out into the world. Now, Jesus ends this there's an there's a ever so slight a kind of um, negative turn, or if negative might be the wrong word, kind of a surprising turn. So he's like, be salt, be light, be a city on a hill. Um, everything that has come to us from the, the scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, is going to be fulfilled. Not one little bit is going to be left unfulfilled. And if you try to get people to realize that that's not the case, he says, you'll be the least in the kingdom. Ooh, what about all that salt and light and city? <laughs> but he says, if, if you teach them what that, 
what the scriptures of old have said, you'll be great in the kingdom. So I'm interested in that because I'd like to be great in the kingdom. (laughs) But it is interesting that he says, if you teach someone to kind of annul this, he doesn't say, I'm going to cut you off forever and you're, you're, you know, you're dead to me. <laughs> he says, if you, if you teach them to annul it, you'll be the least in the kingdom. Like, it's not exclusionary. Even in this point, he's, he's not kind of, kind of cutting us off, even if we get this wrong. But he is, I think, encouraging us to get it right. And so he points to what we call the Old Testament. Now, in the Revised Common Lectionary, that the kind of the texts that are chosen for each week, that a, a huge swath of churches follow. So the Anglican Church follows it, the Episcopal Church follows it, the Lutheran Church follows it, the Methodist Church follows it, and Oasis, we, we follow it too. Today's gospel passage from Matthew 5 is paired with this story from Isaiah 58. And so if the gospel passage says nothing from the old text will will pass away till it's fulfilled, and that if you teach people what the old text says, you'll be great in the kingdom, then what should I do? Let's all turn to Isaiah 58. (laughs) It seems as though I would be remiss not to. Like this is this is like my job now. Right is to teach you what the old texts have said. So here's Isaiah. Be prepared. You're not prepared, but here it comes at you anyway. Shout out and do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Oh, yeah. Now you're ready for it. So if you're that type that kind of is kind of invigorated by discussion of sin and by the old kind of evangelical spiritual gift of shame and guilt, then today is your day, right? Because God has called Isaiah and Robbie to shout and not hold back, to lift up my voice like a trumpet and to announce to the people their rebellion and their sins. All right, you ready? Here are your sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways. As if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and that did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to me. Now, you see, I think I know what the word sins means. And I'm pretty sure sin does not mean delighting to know the ways of God and wanting to draw near to God. Like that, that should not have made the sin list. Are you with me? Right? That, that should come as a surprise to us. Like, wait a minute, prophet. I, I think my, you might be misreading. Like, what's happening? Let's, let's move on. He says, why do we fast? But you do not see. Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast days and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. 
Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a a day acceptable to the Lord? Uh, no. Like, I thought maybe that is why we fasted. Help me, Lord. Interesting text. Verse 6, or, yes, 6. Is not this the fast that I choose? This is God speaking. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Right? Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We sang of this earlier. And is not to share your bread with the hungry? And is it not to share the bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you and the glory of the Lord be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help. And he will say, here I am. If you remove the, the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. Your gloom will be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. And make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, who waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Then your light shall break forth. Then your prayers will be heard. Then the things that you want will come to pass. So, it's not, again, it's not just... uh, a categorical dismissal of doing pious things. But it is saying, this is what God desires. And so if we do what God desires, I think we can do these other things too. It's not an either or, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's a both and. That this is the practice. And so as we've moved kind of from January into February, in terms of our calendar... The church calendar is still in the same season, right? The season of Epiphany. The light has shined. And so, again, we were focusing in on personal awareness. We had all of those testimonies about people's, you know, experiences with mental health. And we put on a workshop about spirituality and mental health. But all of that, and we're doing these labs about the Enneagram. But all of that, All of that is so that we might know ourselves so that in rightly knowing ourselves, we might better relate to others. And, for that matter, better relate to God. Loving someone else, getting to know someone else, is practice for loving and getting to know God. God is not like you. God is God. And we are 
not God. God is the creator, we are the creation. God is infinite, we are finite. God doesn't have ego issues, we're, we're just a big mess of ego. Yeah? If you, Jesus will say, if you don't love your brother and sister who you do see, what makes you think you can love God whom you don't see? It's actually in loving and serving of another person that we get in that practice of loving and serving otherness. And the ultimate other is God. And so it is, it's practice. Loving God, serving God helps us love and serve others. And loving and serving others helps us come to grow to the fact that we can better love and serve God. It's great. It works both ways. It's beautiful news. And so this is what we hope to do. We hope to practice this. We practice it in a variety of ways. We practice it when we sing. We practice it when we hear scripture. We practice it when we reflect on scripture and the teaching thereof. When we come to the table, we say that we receive communion. We don't say that we take communion. It's not an act of taking. It's an act of reception. It's what the Lord has done. We say it in our litany that we say every week. It's the Lord's table. It's the table of the Lord, not, not the church. We're, I'm just um, I'm a maitre d'. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to escort you to the table. It's not mine. It doesn't belong to Oasis. It's the Lord's. And we receive from there so that we might become more like God. So that our light might break forth like the noonday sun. Our gloom might be like the noonday sun. That is some fabulous news. And it is our prayer that that will happen for us. And it is my hope that that will happen for you. I want us to hear this gospel passage read again. I'm going to ask Leslie to come back. She's going to read it in a different translation, maybe one that's a little uh, less familiar to us. And I want you to kind of hear again the words of Jesus about being salt, light, and a city on a hill. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your saltiness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Don't suppose for a minute that I have come to demolish the scriptures either God's law or the prophets. 
I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. I'm going to put it all together, pull it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and earth wears out, God's law will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law, and you will only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matter of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.